0: Hi, everyone. This is Sam Black continuing my set review of uh, Crimson Vow, um, informed by 17 Lance. Uh, and we are on red, um, starting with uh, a Braid and Flame Blast Bolt, which currently have identical game and hand win rates. Um, these cards are both great removal spells that you should put in your red decks and are reasons to get into red uh, if you you know like are looking for a color to get into um they're not like you know bombs that should you should switch into red for or whatever but they're you know obvious like this is what i would expect the best common to look like uh, and the trade-off of cost one less mana and exiles something versus cost one more mana and hits bigger creatures and can hit artifacts uh, apparently washes out to they're identical. Um, you like because what your opponent's deck is matters more than what your deck is for which one is better. It's very hard to say like oh if you're this kind of deck you should prioritize that one and if you're this kind of deck you should prioritize that one. There's like a little bit of that where I think that in general, um, cheaper more narrow removal is better in control decks because it's like. Killing small creatures so that you don't die uh, is more and you extend the game to the point where you live and you take over is more, val- more valuable. Whereas in aggressive decks, you want your removal spells to allow you to attack and to deny your opponent the virtual card advantage that comes from having a single high toughness creature that can stop multiple small attackers from getting through, uh, which means that theoretically a braid would be better in aggressive decks and flame blast bolt would be better in control decks but this is not analogous to uh the white um cards where i expected that to be a significant gap um the two cards are so close in effect and what they can kill that i think that they should be viewed more or less interchangeably um falconrath celebrants is the uh third best performing red common uh four four menace for four is a very respectable body that matters significantly and two blood is a lot of blood um this is uh i mentioned we talked about the wedding security that uh five mana four fours that don't do anything when they enter the battlefield uh often underperform relative to how dominant they can be when whatever other text they have happens um falconrath celebrants uh gives you meaningful value up front such that you know whatever happens to it those two blood are gonna help you out so it's good in fourth place Voldaren epicure this one was a surprise to me uh while I understand that one-drops are very good in this format, and I was not at all surprised by the success of Traveling Minister and um, the uh, Lantern Bearer. I did not expect this. Mm. I do think that this is kind of an objectively powerful modern, uh, magic card. I've suggested playing it in Modern, uh, where like having a... Reliable discard outlet is very powerful, Um, but I kind of thought that uh, this would be too many low-value things and it wouldn't end up amounting to a card. Um, It turns out that it, according to the stats, just does. Um, Blood is pretty valuable. Uh, The 1-1 is a nice thing to be able to um, exploit with or to enable... um, the uh, alluring suitor or just to do extra damage, pressure your opponent, whatever. Um, Obviously, uh, also helped by the fact that uh, when you have blood in your deck, if you draw this late, you can get rid of it. If you draw it early, it's um, doing some damage and pressure your opponent and turning on your blood stuff. Turns out as a package, it's better than I thought it would be. Uh, reckless impulse um, light up the stage is a strong card um, has seen a lot of constructed play. This is no hoops, one extra mana um, for the same effect. Uh, pretty reliable source of card advantage in red. You obviously want to be a little bit careful uh, with in terms of like, what the uh, average and total and highest casting costs of cards are in your deck and uh, both in terms of like how you prioritize playing this and just like when you cast it. Um, So both like when you draft it, when you play it, when you cast it, all that's informed by uh, the other cards in your deck and their casting cost. Um, Obviously this generally plays uh, better The lower your curve is, the fewer instants you have, especially plays horribly with every counterspell um, and then plays badly with uh, most expensive cards most of the time. So you don't necessarily want this in all red decks. Uh, Use caution, but it is uh, pretty powerful. It has some amount of awkwardness with werewolves where... um, it is likely to be day when you are re- using Reckless Impulse, but that might be fine, especially if you're more wolfy rather than werewolfy. Um, I think the like red, green, low-curve wolf deck is pretty happy with this card. Um, Blood Petal Celebrant, uh, this card just seems pretty good. 2-1 for a striker. Uh, is solid you only get that on offense but that's what you wanted to be doing anyway and uh, making blood is great does it pretty easily Um, obviously you don't get it up front but this thing will you know it's not going to be too hard to get this thing to die Um, fearful villager i'm a little surprised by how good this thing's stats are given how bad Uh, basically given that it's a worse version of Shady Traveler, which didn't have good stats in the previous set, but context matters. There are more things that care about werewolves in this set, weirdly enough. Um, And uh, red is just a little bit better. um, And well, more than a little bit better. Red is a lot better, and uh, this is a fine, aggressive red card. Uh, Belligerent Guest I expected Belligerent Guest to be better than Fearful Villager. Um, maybe that's just because I expected Fearful Villager to be bad because of uh, the comparison to Shady Traveler, whereas Belligerent Guest um, was excited about trample and making blood. Uh, turns out it's the other way. Okay. Um, I think you know the more removal you have, the more tricks you want to play. The more belligerent guest improves also obviously the more you're doing with blood vampires and stuff um hungry ridge wolf uh this card is you know good to well fine to very good depending on how many wolves you have um bloody betrayal um I think that you don't wanna play this if you don't have ways to sacrifice the things that you take, but I have certainly lost to uh, this card when red-white decks just stole my stuff and bashed me. Um, the blood token obviously is somewhat significant in terms of like how punished you get for uh, using this thing just for damage value. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to learn that it is correct to play this in some decks that can't ever sacrifice the creature they steal uh sure strike is you know a fine trick when you're trying to attack a lot um classic flame breather is an acceptable uh source of like persistent damage if you have a lot of things that trigger it um probably at its best in blue red again largely that's because of blue-red kind of not having great 2-drops most of the time. Um, uh, Ancestral Anger. Um, I played one deck that was mono-red, where I played 4 of these with 3 or 4 Kessig Flame Breathers and 4 Reckless Impulse, and I played 15 lands, and that deck didn't do especially well. It had the issue that with only 15 lands, I would like sometimes not have enough, despite the fact that my curve was really low, and that kind of seemed like it just never happened. I had almost nothing that cost more than two mana, but whatever. Um, but more importantly, even with 15 lands, because I had so, many, uh, so much air in my deck, I could still flood out. The biggest problem with Ancestral Anger is it's very hard to avoid having that problem where you have too much air and so you flood out when you try to play a lot of these in a limited deck because your limited deck is most likely two colors and doesn't have dual lands and so you have to play a high land count to make your colored mana work and when you play a high land count and a lot of cantrips uh, you flood out Um, and blood can help mitigate that but only so much and um so that's the biggest problem with trying to go deep on ancestral anger. Uh rate Flash. Generally don't like five mana sorcery speed removal spells that don't kill anything. Uh this one I'm a little bit okay with sometimes because making blood tokens is pretty nice, but not a very strong card. Uh Pirate Spawn. I've played this in Sealed. It was Okay, it's not particularly good. Um, it's a lot of mana. It's whatever. Lightning Wolf reads kind of okay, but it cards are just a little bit better than this now. It doesn't do enough up front. Um Daybreak Combatants, again, just um pretty weak card. Um not embarrassing to have to put in an aggressive deck. Uh seems like it should be this is actually another kind of victim of training being bad the thing that this aspires to do is uh let you train um because you get a high power thing that's attacking immediately but the problem is that the card that you're left with here is so bad that even if you got to do that the end result isn't very good um and then also the training cards that this wants to work with aren't good weary prisoner this card is mostly really bad i think it can be fine in blue red specifically where you're more likely to get value out of the two six defender and it's very easy to get to night time and the festivities you should never put this in the main deck of uh, deck um uncommons alluring suitor uh this card's a complete joke um it's just, like, really, really strong. Um, the fact that it doesn't need to attack itself is, just like, I don't understand, both from a power level standpoint and flavor standpoint. Uh, I've heard some flimsy justifications. I don't like them. Um, I think that... Uh, I don't know anything about what people are currently playing in standard with this set, but um, I do think that... Uh, if there's like a reasonable aggressive red deck this is a great card for it like you just go turn one guy turn two guy turn three play this attack with both flip it get your mana back um and then you have this like one mana three three trampler that threatens to grow stuff and everything um but that's neither here nor there for a limited set review uh anyway this card in limited is awesome because uh it gives you this like mana jump usually you don't flip this on turn three usually you flip it on turn four or whatever um when it attacks itself um and then the mana lets you play something like that you didn't have the mana to cast otherwise uh and then also like it's pretty easy to be able to attack with it because of the pump ability and the mana that it gives you use the pump ability means that usually you're just like trading something at worst um and yeah really really strong pumps other stuff without needing to like get into combat itself later and all that um rending flame great removal spell uh voltaic visionary good aggressive card that also has this like value mode um vampires vengeance uh, wouldn't expect this to be quite this high though obviously um you know if you like this can be amazing and if you're playing vampires you can discard it when it's bad Um and uh yeah so uh i i would expect this to be good i would have guessed that it was worse than walk, uh, ballista watcher basically but um i guess it is played less so maybe it's a little bit more narrow in terms of like you only want it in vampire decks and then it's good or whatever i don't know um uh ballista watcher is really strong um it's very easy to uh when you want to use this thing multiple times you just pass and then you can do it and when you use it multiple times it takes over again. game um and then it's just like you the opportunity cost here is pretty low like 4 mana 4-3 isn't good, as we see with Lightning Wolf, but it's not like embarrassing to spend 4 mana for a 4-3. And then like everything about what this is doing when it's in play is very impactful. Uh Markov Retribution, you have to be pretty vampires but then it's runeable spell plus like mini trumpet blast, um, which is pretty strong. Sanguine statuettes, uh, Again, you have to be pretty deep on blood for this to work. And even then it's not like as aggressive as it looks. Like this isn't in any way like a 3-3 haster for two, because you have to spend mana to activate it. And even if you have a lot of blood, you have to have a card that you're willing to discard to use the blood to like be able to attack with it. But blood is pretty valuable. Um and a three-three is pretty good for two mana. Uh so um I think that it's playable in some vampire decks though, even though we see the 55% game in hand win rate for this, which is good relative to uh, some of the other colors we've looked at. Note that it does have the like negative improvement when drawn. Um, and uh, you know, like if we look at red Commons, we see that 55% is like, wait, sorry, I, I moved to, no. So 50, so that's like uh you know, around a fearful villager, so kind of like filler type level, which is about what I'd expect. It's not bad to have to play this, but it's certainly not a card you should be taking highly or excited about. Um Runebound Wolf. Uh largely just a two-two for two. Um I have lost games to this thing doming me for five a turn. Um it is appreciably good in the like red green wolf werewolf deck um but uh i don't think it's like the most exciting payoff card for that deck um blood hypnotist uh can't block is a pretty big drawback um you have to be really really sure that you are the aggressor to play this um If you're really, really, really sure, it seems like a fine, aggressive card. I've never been this confident that I'm attacking. Uh, Lamphole, whatever, this thing, um, is uh, not very good. Um, It's just not enough impact. Um, Like... Uh, it, it, This is basically like a four mana version of the two drop that, like, if you get tonight, does more damage. I mean, two two damage is a lot more than one, right? Like, it's not because you're theoretically triggering multiple times. It's like twice as much damage, and it means that it actually matters if you're doing it or whatever. But it's also not enough to be worth jumping through a bunch of hoops for. Um, magma pummeler. This is just very expensive. Um, Honeymoon Hearse, wow. All right, that's interesting to note. I, I would have expected this to be a lot higher. Uh, when I've played against Honeymoon Hearse, it's been good for my opponents a few times. I've never put it in my own deck because I've never felt like I had enough creatures to use it. Um, I think maybe what's happening is people are putting this in decks that like, don't have enough creatures and can't use it well. Um, I think if your creature count is very high, specifically you have a lot of cheap creatures. the ceiling on this card is like good. Like I, I do think that there are decks that want to play this, but I also think that those decks are like not most decks. Um Frenzied devils, this card's not good., um, just like too much mana, too many hoops to like still have a bunch of stuff to cast after you've done this um and like two small and shields are down and everything um and then into the night is four mana sorcery i don't understand why you'd want to put this in your deck um rares um olivia's attendance is very good it takes over games quite easily it makes grotesque amounts of blood um, and it's also a 6-6 six, six Menace. Extensia um, Uprising uh, is hard to deal with. This is a very persistent threat that uh, also threatens to do a lot of damage. Um, pretty straightforwardly good card. ill tempered Loner is really, really annoying to deal with when you are using red as your removal color. Um, I did not realize the first time I played against this, flipped, that uh, it triggers when any permanent you control is dealt damage, and uh, the back side of this is really oppressive. Um, The front side is also great. Uh, This is a really strong card. Uh, Creepy Puppeteer, This has stats that are, like, fine rather than amazing. Like, it's worse than a braid or whatever. Um, But uh, my little experience with it has been very good. Um, Like, it just cracks for a ton of damage when you, in its normal case, like, if your opponent doesn't have blockers and you have one guy and you play this and smash for eight, it's a lot. Um, And I've had good experiences in a small sample size personally with doing that. Um Kessig Wolf Rider. Uh I mean the opportunity cost here is very, very low. Um one mana for a one-two menace isn't an amazing card, but it's like a fine aggressive card. And then if you ever make any wolves with this, it's awesome. Um Dominating Vampire. A little surprised by how low the stats are on this one. Like You get a 3 3 for 3 that has strict upside. Um, I don't know what people are doing wrong with this. Maybe they're just like insufficiently willing to cast it on turn 3 when they like draw it. I don't know. This seems like it's better than a lot of cards with comparable win rates, though obviously, you know, there's some amount of. it's a very restrictive rare that might lead to people, like, forcing. Um... So the thing that's weirdest about this is it seems like the downside would be, oh, I drafted this, therefore I was too committed to red and too committed to vampires, and I ended up with a bad deck. But that doesn't explain the fact that it has a negative improvement drawn, which just doesn't really make any sense to me for a 3-3 um, for three. So, I have to assume that it's some amount of this card is playing worse than Trained Armadon some portion of the time, which says to me that people should just be casting it a little bit more than they are. Um, So, my guess is, if you have this thing, and you don't have something else to do with your mana, and you're inclined to try to save it for value, that is very bad, and you should play it. Uh, I don't know what else to say about this one. Uh, Curse of Hospitality. This reads like it might be fine if you're an aggressive deck. The stats tell me that you, it probably isn't. You should probably never play this card, uh, or roughly never. And then Change of Fortune is just like obviously wildly horrible. Um, mythics. Uh, Volatile Arsonist is very, very strong. The one time I, my opponent cashed this, I immediately died. Um, Manaform Hellkite is also very, very strong. Uh, Cemetery Gatekeeper is a good creature. It's not in any way a bomb, it's a good creature. Um, Chandra Dressed to Kill. Uh, I have never seen this in play. The stats indicate that it's fine. Um, which sounds totally plausible to me, uh, it's difficult to protect. I don't think that this is like anywhere close to Sorin. Um, but it does like, you know, threaten to do some real stuff. And that is the end of the red review. Um, you might notice that these are getting a little bit shorter, uh, Hopefully that's just a matter of, um, well, it it is uh, late and I'm a little bit pressed for time. So I'm trying to pick up the pace a little bit. Um, Hopefully we're not losing too much value here.